coming today on Negotiate Your Best Life with Rebecca Zung. There's a lot of our listeners that are dealing with breakup, that are dealing with divorce. And you went through a very painful breakup. Sure did. And, you know... the guy didn't treat you very well the way he should have and all of those things. And so tell us how you used writing, if you did. I did. To um, help heal from that. Absolutely. You know, I don't know that I ever thought like, oh, I use writing as my tool to heal myself. I used it as an opportunity to be honest with myself. So the big questions are these. How can we navigate and negotiate every situation in our lives, in our career, in our businesses, in our relationships, and even with ourselves for our own self-worth? In other words, what if you could win every time and have no losers? Let's face it, we're not negotiating just to buy a car or for a pay raise. We are negotiating for living in every aspect of our lives. How can we do that powerfully, successfully, and victoriously? Those are the questions, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Rebecca Zung, and welcome to the time where you negotiate your best life. Welcome to today's podcast. Today is a special day for me because... As for those of you who watch the video, you can see that I'm actually at home in my house with my dear friend here with me. Um, I get to interview. This is the greatest thing about being a podcast co-host. I get to interview people that I like and my friends and the people that I think are interesting. And it makes it so much more fun for me. And so today I get to interview one of my dearest friends, Jane Portnoy. And Jane is an amazing... She's a superstar, rock star, marketing, PR guru, uh, amazing, amazing woman who has totally negotiated her best life in, um, in having an a, a incredible career. Um, and we're going to talk about that. And we're also going to talk about her passion project, which I think is, I, I've had the benefit of enjoying uh, healing and and some spiritual awakenings and um, all kinds of, of wonderful um, thoughts that I've gotten from being part of her passion project, which is journaling and writing and actually going back to putting pen to paper. And um, that's the name of her project, which is the Pen to Paper Project. And she's going to tell us all about how you can negotiate healing, and I call it the right way, which W-R-I-T-E. So welcome, Jane. Thank you for being with me today. Thank you. This is so nice. Isn't this so much fun? It is. It's it's like, so um, fun. The only thing they're missing out is if we were just walking on the strand together. I know. So we'll, we'll have to figure that out sometime. Like maybe... <laughs> You know, get some roving camera guy who's willing to like go backwards on the little cart for us. <laughs> so, I so you know the format of show that I've been doing, negotiate your best life, is you know all of us have um, accomplished amazing things and and done great things in our life, and um, but none of us got here without getting our share of scrapes and scars and wounds and obstacles along the way. 
And so, you know, we talk about where we are now, where we've been, the struggles and obstacles and things that we've had to overcome and how we did that and how we got here. So um, tell us about Jane today, the, the, the Jane that everyone sees that isn't with the struggles and the obstacles. God, I don't know. Um, you know, one of the things that I have learned most recently is that, you know, naturally we are our own worst critics and you know, we are the toughest on ourselves. We look in the mirror every day and pick on ourselves. Um, and so one of the best things I have found or discovered through my own journaling practice and a lot of these workshops is when you sit and moderate a workshop with other people in attendance, most of whom you don't know, you see a lot of the same things in yourself reflect in somebody else. So mm-hmm. um, it's hard to sit here and say how, you know, all the things I am, because I think all the things I am are flawed, but um, I've had a really beautiful career path. Um, knock wood. I'm not one of those people that had to have a flame out or a burnout or a terrible experience to figure out like, okay, how do I build it and start over? Um, but she was doing like marketing for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers when she was like 25 years old. 20. Thank you. <laughs> so yeah, and I, um, I work hard. You know, I'm a Midwestern kid that was raised to, to work hard and go after what you see and want. Um, so did I start in my career early, or at least I felt so, uh, or at least shot right out of the cannon out of college and got a great um, job working for the NFL. I was with the Buccaneers for 12 years as their director of marketing, mm-hmm. um, and then segued that career into working um, with one of the largest restaurant groups in the country, um, Outback Steakhouse, which owns a full suite of brands. Um, but she was one of the key people to bring Roy's yep. to market and Royal Maguchi, which Roy's is a fantastic restaurant for those of you who haven't ever tried it. It's fantastic. And she was one of the key instrumental people in bringing that to everybody's attention. It was. It was a wonderful opportunity. When I started with the company, um, they gave me a really nice long runway to say, let's see what this kid can do. Um, So I became the vice president of marketing of emerging brands. So sort of always in my career, I have been growing people or growing brands. So for Outback, I would help them identify new concepts to bring to market. So Roy's, as you mentioned, Fleming's, um, Bonefish Grill, a whole host of others. Some made it, some didn't. Um, but have been really fortunate in, in that way. And I think one of the best things that has come out of meeting people like you, and I think it just also happens naturally as you age and start to align yourself with more. I don't know who's of, aging. It's not me. <laughs> it's me because I just had a birthday, so it's definitely me. Um, but you find that you start to put the things in your life that are critical to healing yourself. And what I've always been exceptional at is working hard. Mm-hmm. I slayed at working hard. It was all the other things in my life. I Which is why you've job. done so well. You know, I was just talking to somebody, um, uh, Michael Valdez, who I just interviewed for this podcast. And um, he was saying that success is a math problem. I call it a math equation. What you put in is what comes out. Exactly. You know? And I think and it's finding balance in working really hard at your work and then figuring out how to work really hard at yourself. And I've found I was really off balance there, that I could work really, really hard at my job and be super successful and have big titles and big salaries and great successes that made me feel wonderful. 
Um, but it was really in my mid thirties where I sort of had my tragic moment that really recalibrated how the rest of my life was going to paint itself out. So tell us about that. Um, it's still sort of hard for me to talk about, um, only because it was tragic to a lot of folks. Um, I worked for a company called Bonefish Grill and our founders were two young men, um, that were like brothers. We were all about the same age and one of them died in a boating accident. And it just was really tragic on so many levels. He was a beautiful human being, a hard worker, and he was really a strong member of the team in terms of he was sort of the heart and soul of it. And the rest of us put all the pieces together to make that company come to life. And so in my journey there, I just was so heartbroken by, you know, you're 30, you don't think about like it's not supposed to happen it's not supposed to happen you really again for me I can speak only to that and then I really I knew how to do one thing work really really hard and the rest of my life was fun and playful and I had great friends but I just never really thought about any part of it coming to an end so it was at that moment that I started coming out to California Um, my sister is here I had now have two nieces that are one's about to be 16 at the end of this month and the other is 14 but they um for babies at the time. And it was really at that moment when I kept coming out to California and just, you know, cutting myself out of the work mode for those 72 hours that I realized my life was dreadfully out of balance, that I could only do one thing really well, and that was work my ass off. Yeah, so let's talk about, let's get raw, let's get real. Let's talk about the struggles that you've had to overcome, you know, whether it's a physical, an emotional, uh, spiritual, whatever you feel like sharing, you know? Sure. Well, I think when you do one thing really great and don't do the other things within balance, what happens is you just, for me, I locked up all the sad feelings and the bad feelings I had and put them in a tidy little box and put a lot of scotch tape on them. And just every time something happened in my life that wasn't easy, I just worked harder. Yeah. I, mean, I think you could probably so many people like, can identify every with career, that. Every big hop, every next vice presidency, every big bonus was probably aligned very strategically along some tragic thing that happened in my life or some hardship um, that happened in my life. So, you know, for me at that time, or some feelings of like unworthiness or not good enough or whatever. I mean, I know for me, like that was kind of part of it for me. It's like, no, I will prove that I am. I'm proving that I'm worthy. I'm proving I'm good enough, you know. And so you just keep moving forward because you, you, you do well in work. So like somehow that gives you that feeling of worth totally. somehow. 100%. I mean, again, it's where you, you know, you do the things that you can do well all the way out. And it's, you know, it's why pitchers throw out their arm eventually. If you keep throwing the fast pitch with one hand over and over and over again, yeah. and don't use any of the other tools in your body, you fall apart. And what I realized at that time, and I was traveling back and forth from Florida to California, which also isn't easy. That's six hours on a plane. Yeah, tell yeah. me about it. I know you I do, do it, it all the time. I do it all the time. So um, I also don't think that n- nothing's accidental. Like us meeting each other, that was not accidental. Right. So as I sort of journeyed my way out to the West Coast, my company moved me out here. Um, I was still working really, really hard. I was just now closer to my family, but I hadn't made them a priority. Um, and so it wasn't until I realized like I was still out of balance and started journaling quite a bit 
and writing letters to myself. And that's a practice that I've been doing now for easily eight years. Um, and I actually send them to myself. I would write a letter and I travel all the time for work. So if I was in Florida or New York or wherever, I would carry it around with me and send it back to myself and then wait for that moment to sort of read what was it that I was struggling through or, or ignoring and figure out how to power through that. And what I really so found, powerful, so powerful. Thank you. It wasn't an easy project. You know, one of the things I love about writing in general, um, I, I'm obsessed with getting mail. I, I love getting mail more than anyone. I don't know where <laughs> that came from. Um, but like, I beg for it at the holidays. I tell everybody when my birthday is. Like, I'll do anything to get mail. I've always really loved it. Mostly because it's just an outward showcase of people like you and love you and care about enough, care enough about you to sit down and put pen to paper, think about it, even if it's just, you know, a quick note, says they thought about you. So I think there's a lot more to it than just simply getting mail. Um, but it was writing people back that I really started to realize how powerful words could be. Yeah. And, and, and I, I hope you don't mind me asking, um, and we can edit this out if you decide you want, you mind me asking. No, I don't. Um, it, it, there's a lot of our listeners that are dealing with breakup, that are dealing with divorce. Yeah. And you went through a very painful breakup. Sure did. Um, and, you know, it, it, the guy what, what didn't treat you very well the way he should have and all of those things. And so tell us how you used writing, if you did. I did. To um, help heal from that. Absolutely. You know, I don't know that I ever thought like, oh, I use writing as my tool to heal myself. I used it as an opportunity to be honest with myself. Um, but I was. I was in a six-year relationship that, again, when I go for something, I go all the way in, um, just like work. So oddly enough, in this particular instance, instead of working really hard, I tried to work really hard at the relationship and put the brakes on my career path to participate in a relationship and he had two children that were lovely and amazing, but um, he probably should have only been in that relationship for about two years. Mm -hmm. And it just, we weren't the right people for each other. And for all the... But, you know, us, it's taken a lot of growth for you to say that now. Yeah. I, I mean, as somebody who's known you, and, and just because I want our listeners to understand that it's been a journey for you to come to this place of healing and growth to be able to sit here and say, we probably weren't the right people for each other. We probably stayed in the relationship too long because there's a lot of people who are still dealing with the sting. Yeah. Who are still dealing with the pain. I'd be a liar to tell you that there aren't moments that don't still hurt. I think a lot of the journaling um, that I've, I, I don't know that there was a moment in time, but in this last year, um, I'm very practical. And I believe that, like, if you're feeling sorry for yourself, go for it. Feel sorry for yourself, but only for so long. If you're in and Give yourself permission path, to feel yeah, so, to feel sorry for so yourself so for a period of time, but don't get stuck there. Exactly. So I'm really practical about things like that. Mm -hmm. And even shortly after the breakup, I think I allowed me, I'm like, okay, you can be a miserable, crying, hot mess for six months. <laughs> you get one month for every year you guys dated. And on like six months and a day, I was like, okay, now we're moving on. And so I've always 
been practical like that. And the relationship was certainly something that, as I mentioned, one of the things I'm learning about myself and writing has helped me see, because you go back and reread what you wrote, is that I try to over-arc and over-effort the one thing I'm being good at at the time mm. and not being well-balanced. So while I really was attentive to this relationship, I was horrible to my career. I wasn't great to my family. Like, I, wasn't, I couldn't seem to, like, do... Well, it's like the spinning yet. plates. I always call it the spinning plates because it's like, okay, this plate, here's, here's the career plate, the marriage plate, or the relationship plate you know, the family play, whatever. And, I was a terrible waitress. And, I was doing one plate at a time. Yeah, and so you have, oh, hey, this one's starting to fall. Let me go over here and pay attention to that one. You know, I mean, that's basically been my whole life. Um, so I get it. Coming up, more from Rebecca on negotiating healing the right way, using journaling to break through breakdowns with special guest Jane Portnoy. Let's talk a little bit more about the writing. And so how, like, if somebody's going through a really bad breakup, what kind of a letter would you suggest they write to themselves? Or what kind of journaling, what kind of prompt would you give them? In Rebecca's interview with Dr. Debbie Silber, they also discussed how to heal. Check out the episode called, You Can Get Over It, Healing from Betrayal. You can find that episode and so many more in our archives. I had a woman in the study who said, Debbie, I lost the people closest to me. Nothing made me as sick as my betrayal. Are you struggling with how to negotiate and win? Maybe you're dealing with a personality that's particularly challenging, like a narcissist or other high conflict personality, and you're feeling powerless. Make sure to download my free Win My Negotiation Cheat Sheet at www.winmynegotiation.com. And now we return to today's show. So I think for me, as I, you know, as soon as we broke up, I relaunched my company um, so that was another nosedive. I went right into a new job, working really hard, you know, right out of the gate. I got United Airlines as a huge client. So again, I sort of went right back into some of those old bad habits. Um, I, I mean, some people wouldn't call them bad habits. They're just maybe not in balance for you. Correct. But, you know, I mean, certainly having this stellar career that you've had is not a bad thing. It's just maybe cost some other things if you don't kind of do everything in moderation or sort of figure out what the right balance is for you. Right. I don't know. I guess I would say this. You know, for me, what I've learned is I don't believe that you can have it all. I think you can have it all at the times you need to have it all. Yeah, and well. And that's what I've really <laughs> learned. And that's kind of part of why I made a big change in my life a couple of years ago, moved out here and all of that, because, you know, my daughter was growing up and I wasn't seeing her, you know, so I get it. Um, but let's talk a little bit more about the writing. Sure. And so how, like, if somebody's going through a really bad breakup, what kind of a letter would you suggest that they write to themselves or what kind of journaling, what kind of prompt would you give them? That's such a nice one. I think there's a few trajectories in, in healing, right? So 
I think one, you should start to write a few letters just to the pain. Like it's a person, it's a thing. Talk to it, have a conversation with it. Because mm, once you see I like it, that, that's interesting. Once you see it as a, an object, then it's something that you can objectively get rid of. And I also- That's so interesting. I've never thought about that like that. What made you think of it doing that? I think, as I said, I'm really practical. So I always find like, what's the hurdle in my way? And is it real? Is that really a real hurdle or am I just creating something out of nothing? So a lot of my journal posts to myself are writing letters to that thing that's in my way. How high are you really? Are you really there? Are you immobile? Can I get around you? Do I go under you? So interesting. Break it down. You know, I'm I'm in marketing, right? So it's always about creating the best dialogue with the the other person. So that's how I approach the writing in that. You know, again, I would say first start with the pain, have a conversation with it. You know, where did it come from? What part did you play in it? I think for me, you know, mm. it's easy to blame the other person. And that is so horrible. critical. I that is so that. critical. I mean, I, as you know, I recently had to deal with um, getting somebody who had been close to me out of my life. I mean, and it wasn't an easy situation. This person was a covert narcissist. And um, and it was not an easy situation. It's painful. It's traumatic. You know, but Joe Dispenza says, um, who I love, he says, you know, the, the, every time you think of how much pain that person has caused you, then you're in victim mode. Correct. And if you're in victim mode, you are not in control of your life. So you, you can't have it both ways. You can't be a, a victim and also be in control. You got to choose one. So every time I would think about that, I would go, oh, no, there I am. I'm a victim. Nope. Control. Back into control. Like I, I allowed it to happen. There were things that I participated in. So that's so critical that you um, – are talking about that, you know, like I, I think putting pen to paper is the greatest negotiation skill because the first handful of sentences are going to be full of bullshit. Well, cause you're negotiating with your emotions, emotions. right? Exactly. And, and with your own self-worth and with your own head trash and all kinds of stuff. I mean, those are bigger negotiations than negotiating for a car. Let me tell you. <laughs> it is the, it is the predominant hurdle that is in everybody's way. Yeah, we are ourselves. We're self-destructive. Yeah. So I find that my writing practice, you know, again, I go in and out of different strategies as to how I'm going to write. Writing letters to myself is a really powerful way to log back and forth to see, am I making the progress I want? I would write letters to myself about what I'd project to be happening, that I'd I'm making this up, but, you know, I'd be sitting on Al Roker's couch talking about the book that I was going to write. She loves Al Roker. I'm obsessed with Al Roker. If you're watching, I love you. But, um, so to write real letters to myself about what I wanted to have happen, and I'd save them in my briefcase and then send them to myself as I flew around the country. It was such a great milestone to see, like, what had I accomplished? And so, again, while you're doing all that negative self-talk over here, you've and in writing, it's, it's, you know, it's the holy grail to yourself. It holds you accountable Yeah. because those words came from me. You know, it's the words I can't, like, you know, I was reading a letter to myself. I found one today that I'd written in 2018. And 
have a very good maiden week because my handwriting is horrifying. But it was still so nice to say, like, oh, I did that. And I did that. Oops, I still need to work on that. So it's a really so powerful. Checking. I went, I, so I'm going to tell the listeners, I, I went to one of your workshops um, and she has these, these um, workshops in person, which she started in her house and, um, and then it got picked up and um, a hotel or a company, the Kimpton, uh, the Kimpton Hotel um, actually said, hey, this is a great idea. We'll pay you to do this. And so she's been doing these incredible workshops. Um, and I think every single one of them has been sold out and has been amazing. And so I went to one where she had us writing letters to our younger selves at different ages. So we had to write a letter to ourselves at 10, to ourselves at 21, 21. Uh, to, you know, and then maybe to our future self, I think mm-hmm. is what it was. And what was really crazy for me is that I went to this workshop. It just so happened that um, the workshop was the same night that I was having dinner with a friend of mine who lives out here in L.A. Uh, she's a therapist, um, Ph.D., amazing psychoanalyst uh, who I grew up with and have known since I was seven years old. So here we are writing letters to our 10 year old selves. And I'm sitting next to this girl who actually knew me when I was 10. That's crazy. It was so crazy. And so I'm writing this and I'm thinking back to myself and it's kind of painful. And there were a lot of people in the room actually crying, you know, like it was bringing out feelings, you know, that you don't normally think about writing a letter to your 10 year old self, but it was really powerful really powerful that was a great workshop that was and, a really um, yeah there were some beautiful stories too the, yeah there was a girl there who had forgotten her 10 year old birthday because she had been diagnosed with leukemia like the day before yeah and so her parents were micro heavy stuff heavy. heavy stuff and then totally beautiful ones i think you know again writing is such a cathartic way to get to some of the stuff we leave in the boxes that we tape up well and sometimes put behind us I think that, you know, we bring these subconscious feelings with us. Like we, we develop these, um, these thicker skins or these ways of dealing with the world when we were 10 or when we were five or when we were 15 or whatever it was. And, you know, something bad happened. Someone was mean to us on the playground. Some, you know, some adult said something that we took as like, oh, that must mean that I'm fat or I'm ugly or I'm unworthy in some way. Right. And then we kind of take that and we internalize it. And then we go through life going, well, that's who I am. I'm unlovable or I'm fat or I'm whatever it is. And you don't even really think about it anymore, like where it might have come from or whatever. So it was really interesting to me to write this letter to myself at 10 because I was like, I thought of myself as extremely awkward, um, very uh, shy um, very insecure, like really didn't fit in. I'm half Chinese. I felt like nobody else is half Chinese. Um, there was just so many reasons I just didn't feel like, and, and here's the crazy thing. I'm sitting next to this girl who knew me when I was 10 and she's like, are you crazy? I saw you as this, this, and this. And it was like the complete opposite of how I saw myself. And it was so 
kind of healing in a way to to experience that and realize that wait a minute maybe I've been like lying to myself all these years. It's funny that you say that because you know you asked earlier about the breakup and what did that how did I heal from that or you know and it took a while it was not you know overnight although I gave myself six months but it took a while to stop lying to myself about some of the things that happened along the way and when you you know one of the beautiful things about writing you don't have to write for very long. I tell people in my workshops, and I only write for seven minutes a day. It's not five, it's not ten, it's seven. And it goes by really quick. You were part of those exercises. But it allows you to have the same aspects that meditation does. Your serotonin levels drop. It inspires dopamine. So it's really creating a physical component of your body so that your brain can actually really release and open itself up. Just like in yoga or meditation, it's stimulating those same annexes of the brain. Mm -hmm. So what happens is, is you also can be more candid and straightforward and honest with yourself. And so, again, you stop the lies. You can, whether it's as a child, you know, someone told you you were fat or you didn't fit in. You know, if you can get quiet long enough, mm -hmm. you really can create a happier place for yourself. Yeah. Because you can put all that stuff away. Yeah. Um, and I wasn't fat. I was just using it as an example for somebody else. I had plenty of other problems, <laughs> not that one. <laughs> but it's amazing the things that's, that linger. Yeah. Us. And so, you know, for myself, you ask, like, what, you know, what are the sort of, how do you find problems? I really identify the things that I'm stuck on. You know, what's getting in my way? What's the talk track that's loudest in my head? Yeah. And I have a direct conversation with it. I also pick the things that bring great joy a friend of mine had a baby and so I bought them a whole bunch of my favorite books and I was like I'm gonna write about all the joy that I got from my dad reading me green eggs and ham I think uh, the man could still memorize it uh, today and recite it I love that it all the time as children so my dad loved hop on pop of course yeah yeah you know it's funny because um Elizabeth Gilbert and one of her books, and I think it might be Big Magic, she talks about how she has conversations with fear. And she says that she's kind of come to terms with the fact that if she's going to do something new, the fear is coming along. But, you know, and she's not getting rid of him or her. Right. So she has a conversation with fear, and she's, it goes something like, well, fear, we're going on a new adventure, I get that you have to come along. You're not really invited, but I get that you're coming. So you're coming. That's fine. But you are going to have to sit in the back seat. You definitely don't get to drive. You don't get to touch the radio. <laughs> <laughs> you stay in the back. And, and, you know, so it's kind of interesting that you say that you have these conversations with your emotions because that's. It's really cool that you do that. You gave me a statistic yesterday, and I want to make sure that we work that in. It's something about how um, if you write something down, you're more likely to do it. Or 42% more yeah. likely. So I think, you know, especially I'm so excited that you're interviewing me at the beginning of the year because I do think, you know, I run my own business. I'm a yoga teacher. I have the pen to paper project that's launching. You know, it's a lot. And then we get into the new year and we're all trying to, 
new year, new you and lose 10 pounds and go to the gym more and eat better, it, it becomes overwhelming. I think it's why yeah. people actually fail and burn out right. because they don't keep making it to the gym because they we on-ramp so fast. But right. one of the things, and again, I, this is what I love about writing, is that you are 42% more likely to take action against the things you write down. So mm. if you, on a daily basis, write that you are happy and fearless and joyful and loving and you put great gifts out into the world. And by the way, you don't write, I want to be happy because then that means that you're, it's still staying away from you. Yeah, you, you have to say, I am. That you are in I am happy. I am joyful. I am thankful. You know, I have many blessings, you know, things like that. So um, we're running short on time. Tell us um, about uh, your next project or where people can find you or how they can get involved with what you're doing. Super. So um, my next workshop is February 16th. Um, we're going to be sort of diving into the love letter and self-love. So very topical what we've been talking about all afternoon today. Um, and that'll be at the Yoga Loft in Manhattan Beach. Ooh, um, nice. If you follow me on social media at Pen to Paper Project, and it's the number two, yeah. um, in my bio, you'll find the link to all my workshops. And I'll put that in the show notes as well so Super. people can find it. Yeah. And then the Kimpton series starts again in March. The first one will be March 12th. And it's the second Tuesday of every month for eight months. So eight months, eight months. So each workshop, and they're all here in LA. Yes, the Kimpton Palomar Beverly Hills. Yeah, um, and each workshop will have a different theme. Mm-hmm. So different, you know, again, different writing modalities. Um, sometimes we color, sometimes we go outdoors. So we'll do different things. But the whole goal is to just stimulate a practice to put pen to paper because it's just simply good. And here is a really perfect example of someone who had a passion and is now making it actually a life, you know? You know, the thing they say, like, do what you love and it's not a job. I've yeah. been really lucky. Like, all the career paths I've had, yeah. I love them all. This is the first time I've been able to blend my talents and my passions and have it be about me. Yeah. Um, and so it's really nice. And I... And, you have been to workshops, so you've seen it, but yep. there's really nothing more gratifying than to see a room full of people put down their phones, connect with themselves, and connect with other people. Yeah. It is absolutely, I think I get more out of it than anybody else does, <laughs> sure. but I love it. So I hope that you can come to more this year. I hope anybody listening can find me. And if you don't live in Los Angeles, um, every day on my um, social media pages, I put writing prompts. So give them a try. You know, they might not all connect with you, but some may. But just putting pen to paper on a daily basis is going to really be helpful to many parts of your life. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thanks for stopping by and listening to this episode of Negotiate Your Best Life. I'm Rebecca Zong. Check back next Monday for more inspirational pearls of wisdom. And if you enjoyed today's podcast, I'd love if you would give it a five-star rating and tell me what you liked in a review on iTunes. Also, be sure to grab your winning negotiation cheat sheet at winmynegotiation.com. And remember, today is a perfect day 
to start negotiating your best life.